0: Welcome to Valley Heat, I'm Doug Dugay. This is a podcast about the neighborhood, my neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District, right here in Los Angeles County, brought to you by Jan Robinson Shirts and Pants. But today, it's brought to you by Jan Robinson Little Sweaters. This is really exciting because this is where Jan really started everything. She's doing uh, this miniature sweater line. If you collect miniatures, you probably know about miniature clothing and how a lot of people are into it. They're called Jan Robinson's Little Sweaters. It's not just a little sweater. It's a Jan Robinson little sweater. And she also makes these little jeans and that she puts on these miniatures. Let me tell you about them. Every little outfit she makes is themed after her favorite celebrity from television, movies, or film. I mean, these things are really tiny. But I'm telling you, these things look just like real sweaters. And she's got them on these dolls that look just like the celebrities. I mean, I'm going to be honest. They don't look just like the celebrities. I mean... I'm looking at a few of the pictures of her work here, and I'm looking at this one. This is supposed to be Brad Pitt, and it doesn't really look like Brad Pitt, but I get the idea. You know, he's got, I don't know why he has red hair. It's not just red hair. It's almost like a, a bob that he has, but the face is kind of Brad Pitt looking. It's also strange. They don't have pants on. It's just a doll, and he's just got the sweater on and no pants. He looks more naked than an actual naked man. If you want to look at this and see what these sweaters look like, you can go to the Valley Heat Patreon page and see them, or you can email me at valleyheatpodcast at hotmail.com. I'll just send you the JPEG. You tell me what you think. Or you can maybe you can go to janrobinson.biz. Maybe she's got it up on her website. But check these out. She's also got another one here. It's Fonzie. Okay, now Fonzie's also n- No pants. It's pretty naked. Fonzie's pretty naked. It's Fonzie from Happy Days. I don't know if you've watched that show. Oh, I watched it when I was a kid. And it was Henry Winkler, and he was great. He was the cool guy. Truth is, he never wore a sweater. Fonzie wore a leather jacket. But in Jan's version here, he's wearing the sweater. But he's not wearing any pants or anything. He's just, I think I should talk to her and tell her she should put maybe some more clothes on these dolls. Not that it really matters to me, but it it's a little odd. Okay, now here's one. She's got Alan Arkin in Catch-22. This is Alan Arkin in Catch-22. Obviously, she's a fan of that movie. I don't know if you saw that. It's based on the uh, Joseph Heller novel, Catch-22. It's Alan Arkin, and again, just got no pants on. Just a sort of a Southwestern-style, thick turtleneck sweater, and then no pants, and it's odd. Okay, and here's Bette Midler. She's got a Bette Midler one from, she's got a sweater on, says Steel Magnolias. Now, She was not in Steel Magnolias. I think Jan might be thinking of beaches, but yeah, she's got no pants on. They've all got sweaters, no other clothes. Okay, well, no, here's one that's John Bon Jovi. He's got a pair of acid wash jeans on, but he's the only one with any pants on. The rest of them are only clothes from the waist up. I guess what I'm asking is, is it weird for a doll to not be wearing clothes? I mean, it's not weird if a doll isn't wearing clothes. It's just a doll. But then I'm saying one article of clothing on, it does make the other half of the doll look naked. I think what I'm saying is when you see one article of clothing, it's like the doll owner is saying in this doll's world, clothing is worn by dolls. But if the doll isn't wearing any clothes from the waist down, it's like saying this doll is getting ready for work or something and you're spine on it through a window in the backyard or something i don't want to look at a doll and feel like i'm sneaking peeks i mean i really don't care what uh, you know whatever your doll world is but let me know what you think write me a valley Heat podcast at hotmail.com or on the patreon page or i mean don't I and mean, do what you want but i'm just saying it's worth looking at these dolls and figuring out what your opinion is you know where do you fall on the doll on the spectrum of this thing But these sweaters are adorable, and that's the most important point here. Jan makes these sweaters, and this is where Jan Robinson shirts and pants all started. She started with these little sweaters that she would make for miniatures when she was just a little kid. And later she got into the clothing business, and, you know, the rest is history. Jan Robinson little sweaters. Check them out.
1: Started making more sweaters and more little jeans. Started making t shirts and pants and things. And every single one had ladybug themes. Successful company, she made shirts and pants and hats and things. It's impossible to calculate the joy she brings. It all started with a little sweatpants. pants, Jan Robinson shirts and pants, Jan Robinson and pants, yeah, yeah. red wine, okay. red wine, continuing to break the glasses, I guess. Many Right, and that's
0: Cephalopods are people with their little sweater song for Jan Robinson's little sweaters, and let's start our Thanksgiving episode of Valley Heat, which is about five days late for Thanksgiving, because a lot of stuff happened over Thanksgiving, especially with Pete, and especially with... Stuff that happened with other people, and especially other things. All right, anyway, let's start this episode of Valley Heat. These are the Chronicles of the Rancho Equestrian District, District in Burbank, Burbank California. California. These are the events taking place in my house, around my house, and in my neighborhood. The DEA has been following my poor guy because I thought he was using my garbage cans and drug drop. That has really worked out poorly for my pool guy. My optometrist, my optometrist put transition lenses on my 15 year old son, and I have a real problem with it, especially with an exam and game. i will talk about that later.
2: Also, my wife still loves Chuck, her dad's house, and he says his game
0: is broken and still won't open. All right, so a lot has happened in the last few days with Pete, our pool guy. But before I talk about Pete, I want to update you on what's going on with J'Anthony's car wash across the street. Just to recap on that situation, my neighbor, Gary J'Anthony, who's one of the bigger developers in the Burbank area, he installed one of those automatic car wash structures in his driveway. You know, those car wash structures you see at a gas station that you pay like 11 bucks, you drive through it and it automatically washes your car. He put one of those in his driveway. And that seemed kind of cool for a second because we thought it was just something he was doing for himself. But then it turned out he was actually turning it into a business for the neighborhood. And then we all learned really quickly that those things are actually really loud. This whole neighborhood feels like they've been getting fire hose for four weeks. But there's a new development. Anthony's car wash has been shut down. The city council had a meeting and they decided to shut it down. I mean, you talk about a celebration. I've never seen this neighborhood celebrate. I mean, they were so happy. Dean a neighborhood optometrist who had been giving everyone who was going into the car wash a thumbs down, he was just walking around up and down the block, giving everyone thumbs ups. But here's the thing. Gary's still running the car wash. He never shut it down. I don't know if he's waiting to see if the police will come and arrest him or something, but he's not turning that thing off. That thing's been running all day. You can hear that thing running over there right now. So Dean Frenari was out there earlier this morning giving everyone thumbs-ups, but then when he realized that car wash was going to be continuing to run, now he's out there doing his thumbs-down thing again to everyone that's driving by, shouting at people, and he's doing it from my driveway. And I don't know if you remember this, but Dean was mad at me for using Jantony's car wash across the street, and so as a way to get back at me, he upsold my teenage son on a pair of transition lenses. My son Phil's 15 years old. He comes home in these transition lenses. He looks like some creepy guy casing your house or something. But then Dean agreed to let me exchange the glasses for regular glasses at the full rate as long as I put a Gary.org sign in my front yard, which I did. And then Dean took the glasses back. But when I went to give him the glasses, I found out Dean charged me $67 for some exam that Phil doesn't even need. He told me it was going to be covered with insurance. It's not covered with insurance. So you're going to upsell my son on a pair of transition lenses. Then you're going to backpedal. Let me take him back. But you're still going to 67 me? on some weird upcharge. So Dean's out there right now in my driveway. I'm gonna go talk to him, not just to get him out of my driveway, but to ask him about the 67 thing. So I'll be right back. Dean, what are you doing out here? City council voted to shut him down. Dean, Dean, he listen to me. shut that car wash okay. down. The car wash is no longer my problem. I'll tell you what is my problem. The $67 you charged me for some fake exam for Phil? not a fake exam. Dean? It's not a fake exam. It is a real medical exam for your son's eyes. Okay, what is the exam, Dean? Tell me. It's a, it's a, it's uh-huh. a laser thing to test for eye pressure. A laser thing? Um, Did you just say laser it's thing? It's a laser thing. That's the name of the exam? It is a laser thing. A technical term of any kind would be great here, Dean. Here, I'll Google it. You'll Google it? Here. Dean, also I'm not laboratory. paying for a procedure you had to Google. This is what I'm talking about when it comes to being a doctor and not being a doctor. I'm returning to medical school next fall and I will be completing my degree. Okay, how are you going to run your business while you do that, though? N- you, okay, do you know how I, difficult I, medical school is? Yes, that's why I dropped out. I mean, do you, do you hear what you're saying? A man can't start over? Of course you can start well, over. Well, I might not be a doctor by your standards. I'm a doctor. It's not my standard, Dean. It's the legal standard. Uh, okay, okay. Everywhere in the world. I'm getting my degree, but I am a doctor. You can't be doing both, Dean. I'm a Dean. doctor by my Okay, standards. you don't walk into a doctor's office and they go, uh, just so you know, I'm getting my degree soon. Start getting undressed for surgery. The test is $67. Dean, I'm not paying it. Well, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. What? That's just the way it is. For $67? Okay, collection service is what I meant. Do you know any medical... Or legal terms at all. you know what? You're paying the $67. Well, I'm not, so call your lawyer. Okay, so you heard that. I'm not paying the $67. I mean, the man is Googling medical procedures, and I understand it's a sore spot for him that he's not a doctor, but you don't get to be a doctor just because you wish you had gone to medical school. He didn't go. Now he's saying he's going to go. I don't know how you can continue to run a business as an optometrist, and also go to medical school. I mean, the guy's a successful optometrist. He must clear at least $150,000, $200,000 a year, putting these weird frames on people's heads. I mean, you talk about a gifted salesman. I don't know how he gets some of these frames on people's faces. I mean, he's got people that are 15 up wearing these steampunk sort of 60s nerd style librarian horn-rimmed glasses with transition lenses on them. I mean, everyone on this block looks like a Batman villain. I mean, he's a gifted salesman and I understand, you know, it's hard for some of these almost doctors, you know, you talk about dentists or optometrists, you got to figure out a way to make ends meet and you got to upsell people on things like weird frames or dentists have to give you some kind of tooth whitening thing. I don't know if you've gone through this, but I went to the dentist. They wanted me to get some kind of clear braces and they showed me some video. I mean, by the end of the video, you would have thought I was going to die if I didn't put Invisalign on my teeth. Then the next thing I know, I'm getting this full MRI style head scan with a bunch of stuff in my mouth so I can get Invisalign. And then my dentist, Donna Fernari, Dean's sister, she says, you know, you're gonna wear these for a year and you're gonna walk around looking like your teeth are made out of saran wrap. And finally I just said, Donna, you know, I think I'm I'm just gonna live my life and not do this. And I could tell that she was disappointed because, you know, usually it works and everyone gets these things. So but Between the salesmanship of Dean and Donna Fernari, this whole neighborhood is walking around with crazy glasses on and chiclet teeth. I mean, you got to hand it to them for making it all work. And I know that Dean is actually kind of jealous of Donna because she is technically a doctor. As a dentist, that is a type of doctor. And he really wants to have that title. And I'm just saying you don't get to have it just because the credit card company agreed to put doctor in front of your title because that's what you wrote on the application. But there is one thing that I agree with Dean about, and that's that Gary Janthony across the street with that car wash, he's got to shut that car wash down. I mean, I'm worried about Gary. The city council said that he has to shut that thing down, and if he doesn't shut it down, they're going to come in there and shut it down for him. I don't want him to get arrested or anything. I mean, I'm worried about the guy. So I'm going to go over there. I'm going to check in with him, make sure he's okay, just advise him to just shut it down for the time being until he gets everything worked out. I mean, you can't go rogue with some neighborhood car wash he set up. I mean, he's really asking for trouble. So I'm gonna go over there, I'm gonna talk to him, I'll record it, I'll play that for you right after this promotion. What is a doctor? Is it someone who cares? Is it someone you can look at and say, hey, thanks for doing that thing for me? For a long time, in fact, as long as we can remember, We've always thought of doctors as people with degrees, medical degrees, people who have spent countless years studying the profession of medicine and practicing it as an intern for so long that eventually we say, okay, you can go ahead and use a knife on me or tell me what medicine to take and the other stuff that doctors do. But as you think about your doctor as a real doctor, can you say that he or she is kind? Are they the kind of person who would hold the door for someone Even if it's obvious that it's not someone who's going to say thanks or save a bee from a swimming pool, Dean Fernari is that kind of person, and he's done every single one of those things. And he's a great doctor, even though he's not technically a doctor. And now Burbank's favorite optometrist has joined forces with a linguistics professor from Cal State Northridge named Joanne Keystone, and they've started an organization called You Could Call Me Doctor. Together, they're drafting legislation that would allow you to call anyone you want to call Dr. Doctor. We're talking about chiropractors and optometrists, people who do needle stuff and massage people too and even some of the people at Whole Foods who go, yeah, you should try milk thistle sometime. Maybe with Dean and Joanne's help, these members of our community could finally get the title they deserve. So, you thought about medical school and you decided not to go. But does that really mean that you're not a doctor? Go to youcancallmedoctor.tv to find out more about the organization. Let's get together on this through language. Help the people who help you call themselves doctors. Finally. You
1: can finally call me doctor. You. That did bleed into the river that night We were married by a preacher With a bottle and a gun In the San Francisco breeze And the San Francisco sun And we built a house on dreams And made a fire and fed our dog And sang a song
0: and now we're doctors. You can call me TV. Check it out. And maybe someday you can be called doctor too. Okay, so the first thing I need to say is that Dean paid for that spot, and so obviously I had no choice but to do it. It's not something I would necessarily personally endorse, but if you pay for a spot on the show, you get a spot on the show. Check out you can call me doctor. .tv if you want to find out more. But back to Gary J'Anthony in the car wash across the street. I am worried about Gary, and so I'm going to run over there. I think he should shut that thing down just for the time being. I'm going to run over there and talk to him. He's still a little mad at me because we had a disagreement about a pie. I mean, Thanksgiving just happened this year, but last year Gary and Val gave Faye and me this pie. They left it on the doorstep, and Gary was insisting that it was some kind of, you know, fresh-baked, whole-foods pie – And it wasn't, it was just some pie from Ralph's, which really, I really don't care one way or the other. It was just strange to me that he insisted it was from Whole Foods. The point is, I guess it's not important. And Gary's my friend. The whole pie thing doesn't matter to me anymore. And I want to talk to him. I just want to convince him to shut it down, at least for the time being, because I don't want him to get in any trouble. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna head over there now. Hey Gary, how you doing? Hey Doug, what's up? I'm just surprised you're still running a car wash. Yeah, why would I stop? Well, you know the city council has been petitioned I and they- heard what they said, but I'm not gonna comply. So you're just gonna keep running this place? Yeah, that's the
1: plan, I'm gonna keep running it. All right. And I would appreciate it if you kept on being a patron.
0: Gary, I'm not gonna be a patron again. I'm not gonna use the car wash. I need you to. What is this, what are you, what are you giving me? Happy Thanksgiving. It's a pie. Another pie.
1: Okay. We uh, we made you a pie, as a token
0: of appreciation for you to continue to use the car wash, uh, free of charge. Gary, this is not a pie that you made. That's a fresh pie. I just don't know why it's so important to you to not just tell me the truth that it's just a pie you bought.
1: It's a Thanksgiving
0: pie. It's a s- it's a box from a store.
1: Yeah, the box is from the store, but the contents.
0: But we, we repurposed the... a pie box. Yeah, to, we put. Why would you pie? bake a pie and put it in a, a store pie box? Oh, you Why want wouldn't me just, you? these uh, raw dog. You can just give me a. This pie, is ridiculous.
3: So... I baked you that pie.
0: Val, I, look, baked I, you. I val. All yeah. I'm saying is, you're telling me that you made these perfect little ridges. It's like, I mean, like yes, machine made this I pie.
3: Am.
2: Unbelievable! Don't ever come over here again.
0: Okay, I'm sorry, Val. I didn't mean to upset you. Thank you. Goodbye. For the pie. Goodbye. Look, I didn't mean to upset her. I... Happy Thanksgiving, Gary. Okay. All right, so you heard that, and here I feel bad, but they keep giving me these fake pies and saying they're pies. I mean, they're not fake pies, but they're not a fresh-baked thing. And the thing about it is that I just don't care. I don't care if you baked me this thing. It's not the type of thing I would expect you to do or even request, but they're giving me this thing and saying it's fresh-baked. And to look at them and hear them, you'd think they believe it. You, you look at this pie, and there's no way you're going to look at this and go, oh, yeah, that's fresh. You tell me what you think. Email me at valleyheatpodcast at hotmail.com. I will send you a picture of this pie, and you look at it, and you tell me, does this look like a fresh-baked pie, or is this something they just bought off the shelf? Not even a nice item off the shelf. And again, I'm not even saying I care. I mean, it's nice to give someone something, but you know saying that it's something else when it clearly is not is – kind of problematic to me. But you heard that whole conversation and to look at them and to hear them, you would think, I mean, you would swear that they think that is a pie that they personally baked up for me. I mean, if this is a fresh pie, you would have to be so good at making it look like not fresh. It would be like some kind of special performance art that you did as a baker where you make your delicious pies look like they're right off the shelf. And then what, you're going to put it in an old pie box that makes it look like it was on special out back near the restrooms with the expired toothpaste and stuff? Anyway, you get the point. All right, we're going to talk about Pete and what's going on with him right after this promotion. You know, I've said it once and I'll say it again. Fall is here and that means foosball season is here and that means foosball tournaments are just around the corner. The foosball tournament at used foosball tables is coming up really quickly and you got to get over there and check out what's going on at used foosball tables on magnolia but the foosball tournament is not the only thing that's going on in burbank there's three big things that burbank is known for frisbee golf foosball what's the third one that's right karate there isn't a person in burbank who doesn't know karate and the karate trophy city tournament is coming up really soon that's at karate trophy city right next to used foosball tables on magnolia it's in that same strip mall and karate trophy city is an amazing place i mean it's known for All kinds of things. First of all, they're known for having amazing, huge karate trophies. And we all know that karate people love giant trophies. There's a thing about karate where they just love having these huge trophies. And Karate Trophy City actually has the largest karate trophy in North America. We've talked about it before. It's two stories tall. This thing is so big, if you want it, you couldn't even bring it in the building. You'd have to bring it in sideways. So they have it out back in the parking lot. And man, this thing is amazing. And the other thing that this place is known for is this amazing tournament they have every year. It's the Karate Trophy City Burbank Karate Championship Tournament. It's all female owned. All three of them are black belts. Two of them are third degree black belts. One of them has so many degrees in her black belt. She has whatever you have when they stop even counting degrees. So if there's like 12 degrees in a black belt, she's the next thing. I don't know what it's called, but when you have it, they go, look, trust us. She knows karate. And most of the trophies that are on display in there are are trophies that she's won all over the world. I mean, and they're huge trophies. And there's so many of them, they have to keep them in another room. It's basically another building. They call it the museum. And part of the fun of going over there is getting a tour of the museum. And she'll give you this tour. Her name's Marsha Shadusta. I'm sure if you knew anything about karate, you'd know who she was. But they go, here's Marsha. And she comes flying out, does all these flying kicks. She does all these moves, flips across the floor and lands in front of you. And she's got this catchphrase. She lands and she goes, what's up? And then everyone points at the trophies and they go, that's what's up. And she goes, you know it. Okay, let's take the tour. I mean, it's a lot of fun. And if you follow karate tournaments or you know anything about karate, you know who Marsha Shadusta is. Another thing is, you know, she's known for fighting a little bit dirty. She was arrested in South Korea about three years ago. She was in a taekwondo tournament out there and everyone was passing out that was fighting her they didn't know what she was doing turns out she just knows how to knock you out not necessarily by kicking you in the head but she can chop you or kick you anywhere in your body and it'll hurt so bad your nervous system will just shut your brain down and you pass out i mean it's not uncommon to go over to karate trophy city watch Marsha fight and it ends with someone going into a seizure or something so do you want to take lessons from her yeah but you don't want to fight her So they let her out of jail after a few months because it turned out after they reviewed the tapes, she wasn't doing anything illegal. But a lot of people were suffering from fighting her and they just decided, you know what, we just can't have her in tournaments anymore. And that just sort of became the standard. Marsha is not allowed in tournaments anywhere in the world because she's hurt so many people. But she does compete in this tournament at Karate Trophy City because she is one of the owners. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and you got to get over there and sign up for it because it'll be really exciting. One important thing to note about it, though, is that you don't want to go over there and sign up for this tournament or take classes over there if you're not serious about karate. This is only for people that take karate really seriously. It's not much different than go karts go-karts, or used foosball tables, this is only for serious people. And that brings me to my other point, just like at used foosball tables, you don't wanna go to Karate Trophy City anytime on Mondays or anytime after 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. I'm not sure what that's about, but they really stress, don't go over there. Now there's a big rivalry between Karate Trophy City and used foosball tables, and they used to have some customer crossover, but things got so out of hand between the two of them that they won't allow you to be a customer at one place if you're a customer at the other. In fact, one of my neighbors ran over there to use foosball tables and parked in a Karate Trophy City parking space. And when he came back out, his car was on fire. Someone had poured gasoline all over it and set it on fire, and they had circled it with with blood. Now, it wasn't human blood. They determined it was some kind of animal blood. But regardless, Tim doesn't have his car anymore. And I don't even know if the guy will even drive a Toyota Camry again. He never bought another car. Lately, the guy just rides a recumbent bike around town. So my point is, if I was going to go over there to either of those places, I would just park on the street. But it's a great place to learn karate. And if you live in Burbank, you got to know karate. You got to know karate, frisbee golf, go karting, and foosballing. It's what Burbank's all about. So get over to Karate Trophy City and see what they're all about. Karate Trophy City, we got the biggest one. Check it out. All right, so let's talk about the main thing that's been going on around here. Let's talk about Pete and what's been going on with him. Pete, my pool guy, just to recap real quick about what's going on with him. We thought our pool guy, Pete, was using our garbage can as a drug drop. We thought he was taking the garbage out for us after he cleaned the pool and was putting drugs in there to distribute them. And it turns out that Pete was not doing that. But when Pete found out that I thought he might be doing it, he got very upset at me and said he was never going to clean my pool again. And then later, his wife came over to clean the pool because they needed the money. But then that also spun out of control because his wife, Candace, she put chemicals in the pool not knowing what she was doing. And then she did a cannonball into the pool while she was cleaning it and had chemicals all over herself. She wound up in my shower. And while she was in there, I heard her rummaging around. After she left, I noticed that my wife's Ambien was gone and I thought she took it. And I asked Pete's wife about it. And that also upset Pete. Turned out I was wrong. The Ambien was in the other bathroom. And now, at this point, I had accused these two of doing drug stuff at the house twice. So Pete was pretty livid with me, and that was understandable. My relationship with him was completely shot, but he stopped by last week, and he gave me a bottle of Ambien. He said, look, don't contact me again, but I don't want you to suffer with insomnia if you're out of this medication. I have a cousin who is married to some Canadian pill pharmacy dealer, And he gave me this bottle of Ambien, which I really didn't ask for. I really didn't need because it turns out I wasn't missing the Ambien. But he insisted that I take it from him. What worried me about it was that the DEA has been following him and staking out his house because they suspected he was using our garbage can as a drug drop. And they continue suspecting that he's doing that. I've tried to let this DEA guy know a couple times that They're on the wrong track. This has nothing to do with Pete. Someone else is putting the drugs in our garbage can. But this DEA guy isn't going to listen to me. He just won't. He's always hanging out with his mom in his car and stuff. Every time I see him working, he's with his mom. And here's the thing about the two of them. They don't get along. But she's always with him because I guess she doesn't have a car. He lives with her or she lives with him. I don't know whose apartment it is. Last time I tried to talk to him, he was staking out Pete's house again. So I walked up to his car and I knocked on the window and his mom is in there with him. And I'm busy trying to clear Pete's name, but all they can do is argue about whether or not she's going to get her ride to TJ Maxx. So if you're wondering if people still go to TJ Maxx, the answer is yes. Because last time I was there, they didn't have anything outside of like a pair of Birkenstocks or something. But I guess there's something there this guy's mom wants because she really wanted to get there. They ended up leaving the scene, but he warned me never to come back there and bother him while he's working again. But is he really working if he's giving his mom a ride to Ross or Marshall's TJ Maxx? It's funny because TJ Maxx is kind of like the ritzy version of the other two. I guess the worst one's Ross, and then it goes Marshalls, and then TJ Maxx is kind of nicer, but I I don't really know why TJ Maxx is nicer. There's something about TJ Maxx where I'm just not quite as sad when I go in there. And I feel like it's probably the little items they have in line when you're standing at TJ Maxx. You know, they got perfume, and they got tiny little flashlights. And you go, oh yeah, I forgot about that movie Pearl Harbor with Ben Affleck in it. There it is on Blu-ray. But anyway, getting off the point here, the DEA guy was super mad at me because I knocked on the window. He said I was interfering in an investigation. He said I was going to go on the record and he was going to tell his superior about it. And I tried to ask him not to put it on the record, but he said he was going to put it on the record. Honestly, I don't even know what on the record means. I know I don't want it just from watching old episodes of Rockford Files. It's just one of those things a cop says, you know, threateningly, I'm going to put this on the record. So I guess it's like they're putting it in a file somewhere, which I mean, really, you're going to go look for that file. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to a police station before but it's just stacks of things and a desk you go yeah well of course you guys lose evidence I'm surprised you guys can even make a cup of coffee in here I mean has anyone ever thought about dragging a mop across the floor of it once in a while anyway the point is I was afraid that now that Pete had got me that ambient that maybe the DEA knew about it you know maybe they've been following him and now they know about his cousin and his cousin's Canadian pill pharmacy wife So I wanted to find out if the DEA knew about this ambient thing, and if they did know about it, I wanted them to know that this isn't something that Pete would normally do, and he really shouldn't be considered involved with any of this stuff. So I found the guy staking out Pete's house again, and of course he was sitting there with his mom. I mean, how many times is this guy going to be staking out somewhere with his mom in the car? Anyway, I tried to have a conversation with him about it, and I recorded it, and here's what happened. Hey, you guys. Are you kidding
4: me, man? You better go. I'm from sorry.
0: My I don't mean to be bothering you. I'm just. What did I tell you? I knew you're still out here looking at Pete, and I wanted to just talk to you about Listen, something. This is serious business. I know it's serious. I just wanted to talk to you one more time. If I could just have your ear for I one more I told you time. I was going to
4: contact my superiors. I wasn't going to do it, but now. Wait,
3: I, I thought you said you were going to contact
4: them. You didn't contact no, them. No. What kind um, Look, I can handle my job on my own. I
3: really don't think you can. Why do you always say you're going to contact them and then you don't contact them? I mean, that's
0: not... Oh, you're here with him again?
3: I have to go somewhere. He's giving me a ride. Is that okay with you?
0: It's fine with me. I didn't mean to get involved in your business. I have
3: to go to Kenco.
0: It's Kanko's. called FedEx.
3: I don't have a car. And Mom, the reason is because I got a I lot of car. tickets.
0: You don't have to tell him any of that stuff. Look, I didn't mean to get involved in any of it, all right? I just, I, just, I know that you probably followed Pizza to his cousins.
1: Yes, yes, we did.
0: Or I, didn't. I just want to say that was a one-time thing. I know he did that out of kindness. It's not something that he normally does. So he really has nothing to do with his cousin.
4: Well, you accepted drugs from Pete. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so, it's a prescription drug that my wife has a prescription for, and I accepted them out of because I wanted him to feel like he Why had done didn't you me go a go favor. To well, I tried to go to the pharmacy, and they wouldn't replace them.
3: Isn't Ambien a narcotic?
0: Mom, it's a controlled substance. No. Okay, stay,
3: stay out of I, I think it's a narcotic. There's
0: a difference between narcotic and controlled
3: substance. Ambien is a narcotic.
1: Why would you know that?
3: I took a course. In pharmacology at the community college. It's not
1: pharmacology it's forensics. You took forensics.
3: Can we just get to FedEx? Yeah. I have a career too. Um, this is. I'm
1: going to help you.
3: You mean you're taking forever? I mean these people. When do you expect these with your people stuff, to wait? How long and do I'm
1: you? I'm going to th- help you pack
0: it and send it off. Why well, do you have to go to FedEx?
3: I have an Etsy page that I run, and I. What oh,
0: you do? You have an Etsy? What is yeah,
3: it? Yeah. These people ordered.
4: Weeks ago. Yes, Mom, this is, and
0: I'm going to help you. I
3: knitted these things by hand. It's, it's not even five. I spent hours. We'll get there before you're five. You're never we'll supportive of my ex. Can ATP. I interject never, for a second? Ever. I'm moving out. You know what it is? It's not 50-50. I'm going to move out. I support your that? DA, okay,
0: can I just say CSI. Something? All right, or, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, I'm involved in the middle of this. I just wanted you to know that this was a one-time deal with Pete, is all I'm okay, saying. Okay,
1: hey, look, I'm going to take her to FedEx, but when I come back, you better not be
0: I'm not going to be here. I didn't, I'm didn't. i sorry I was even here now. We
3: have to go. I have customers waiting,
0: okay? Okay, I just wanted to say...
3: Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: All right, it's off the record is all I'm saying. So you heard that, and the guy's with his mom again. I mean, it seems like it should be illegal to do some kind of DEA stakeout with your mom in the car. I mean, is there no law against that? Can you just t- take your mom around with you while you're doing drug busts? But I had a really bad feeling after I had that conversation because I knew they were on to Pete and I had a feeling something was going to happen to him. And I was right. And I'm going to tell you all about what happened to him and how I tried to help him right after this promotion. You know, most Japanese restaurants will give you edamame before you eat. They'll give you a little bowl of edamame, sort of like you get bread at other restaurants. They'll give you edamame, but at Edamame Big Bowl, they'll give you so much edamame that you almost don't even need to eat a meal I mean, I went in there last week, and I was going to have you know a big sushi meal. They gave me this bowl of edamame, and by the end of it, I said, hey, you know what? I'll just have some tea and the check. I mean, you talk about a lot of edamame. You want to know how much they give you? Look in the mirror. Look at your head. They give you twice the size of that in edamame. I mean, I'm estimating, obviously, but it's a lot. And this guy, Carl, who runs the place, he was in Die Hard. He was one of the guys who was with Alan Rickman that kidnapped all those people in Die Hard. He's got this really long blonde hair. He's not the main henchman who has the long hair, but he's another guy in that movie who's a bad guy who had really long blonde hair. And he's still got the long hair. And you know what's cool is if you go there, they'll serve you some edamame, and sometimes Carl will come out and he'll just regale you with stories about making Die Hard. He was also in Scanners 3 and a couple of those Blade sequels. And he always played like a bad guy. He was also, later he became a stuntman and then he got into craft service. He was in craft service for about 25 years, and now he's just started this restaurant with this idea for having a giant big bowl edamame. And Carl is also a triple black belt in karate, or I don't know, whatever you call it when you got a bunch of things on your belt. And he is a teacher over at Karate Trophy City, and he's one of the main teachers over there. And when he's on the floor at Edamame Big Bowl, every time someone walks in, he picks up one of those pine boards and he karate chops it right in front of everyone in the restaurant. And it's a lot of fun if it's a really busy day because he's got to chop a lot of those boards, you know. They're like one foot by one foot boards and he picks them up and does this scream and chops them. And it gets really loud because this guy has a high-pitched scream when he does these chops. Carl also collects samurai swords and he was actually in jail for a while because he was, I guess, smuggling these samurai swords from somewhere overseas. And he still has a lot of them and they're really cool to look at. But most of them he had to turn over to the authorities because supposedly they were from some really important museum somewhere. And you know another interesting thing is that Carl back in the early 80s he was married to Jan Robinson for quite some time for about 3 years Jan was Jan Meister and she became Jan Robinson when she met Paul and they've still got a big beef Paul and Carl don't get along at all but Carl and Jan got divorced when Carl went to jail for the samurai swords but and she left him while he was in there but now he's out and now he's got this place and you really should check it out Edamame big bowl we're going to need a bigger bowl <laughs> So like I was saying, I was afraid something bad was going to happen to Pete, my pool guy, after that conversation I had with the DEA agent and his mom. Once I figure out who's using my garbage can as a drug drop, Pete is going to be completely off the hook, and I think we can finally just go back to living life like normal people. But meanwhile, they've been following Pete so closely that they knew he got those Ambien for me from his cousin and his cousin's Canadian pill pharmacy wife. So, sure enough, two days after I have that conversation with the DEA guy and his mom, I get this phone call from Pete. I'll play it for you right now. Hello? I have a collect call from Pete Leschniak. From from who? Pete Leschniak.
4: It's Pete.
0: Oh. It's Pete the pool guy. Pete? Accept the charges.
4: Hey. Uh. Hey. Do you accept the charges? You got, you got me arrested. Do you accept the charges? And I can't call my
0: wife. Uh, yeah, I'll accept the charges. Pete? I'll
4: put him through. Hey, um... Listen, dude. What's going on? I, I uh, I'm in jail. Well, I'm literally outside this sale, but I've been arrested. Arrested? I'm you? calling you to come
0: bail me out. Arrested? Yeah.
4: Apparently, the DAS, the cops, to come pay me a visit. And uh, Gee, I,
0: I can't believe this happened. Do you need? You want me to do something?
4: Do, um, yeah, I need you to bail me out.
0: Did you have you called your wife? Did
4: I am not calling my wife. You're gonna come down here. And you're going to pay this bail, and then they're going to let
0: me. How much is the bail? Uh,
4: twenty-five hundred dollars.
0: You, um, you want me to pay twenty-five hundred dollars?
4: No, it's not a want. It's a need. I, mean, I need you to come down here and do that. It's not yep. I want. Okay, you. you're going to get me out. It's not a request. I'm in here because you thought I was putting through.
0: You okay, Pete? Pete, you okay there?
4: I'm fine, I'm fine. Somebody just punched me in the stomach. It's kind of violent here. Sorry. Somebody just tried to grab the phone.
0: Pete, no I'm so sorry. Yeah,
4: you're going to call a bail bondsman, and you're going to get me out of here. And also, my cousin's in here Your with cousin me. cousin is in there? Yes, yes, he is. You got him involved, too. So, his bail is $3,500, okay?
0: That's $6,000. I don't think I... I don't have $6,000 to pay for that.
4: You're trying to tell me you don't have a credit card?
0: I mean, I guess I could put it on an American Express.
4: It's- they don't take what do you mean they
0: don't take American Express? My cousins
4: tell me they don't take American Express. Why America, would they American not take Express? American
0: Express? The only card I have that would even have that much clearance on it. There's no way they don't take American Express. No, they
4: don't take American, Express. American Express? Are you serious,
0: bro? Who's this?
4: They don't take American Express in
0: jail. Why? I'm not talking about jail. I'm talking about a bail bail bondsman. They don't take American it's, Express. It's,
4: Pete, what's this guy? Like? Doug. Doug. They don't take Nordstrom's shopping cards either. Okay, I- I have Good an point. idea. Why don't you put it on a GAP gift certificate? I can't believe I'm in I
0: jail. can't believe it either. I'm sorry. Are you
4: kidding me? You got me locked up here with my cousin. Honestly, it wasn't
0: intentional. You get it. You gotta get it. Is that you get feet in the background?
4: I'm here for a foosball tournament.
0: You're here for a foosball tournament? at this
4: foosball championship tournament I'm supposed to
0: be at. You're here for the foosball tournament? You're, you play foosball? I'm a
4: seven-time foosball champion.
0: Wait, you're John McDonald, the Canadian foosball guy?
4: Yes, that's me. You're
0: Pete's cousin.
4: Look, I'm down here for the championship tournament, Doug. Okay. Okay. If I don't get out of here happy, you're not going to be happy,
0: buddy, and I'll make sure of that. Okay. Look, I'm going to figure it out. I just I don't have a credit card to put it on. If I can't put it on American Express, so I have to have it transferred from my savings, and I'll call right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you better. Can you put Pete back on?
4: Listen, man. I don't. I don't care if you got to write a check or what. You got to. You got to sell one of your cars.
0: I. Only have one you're going to
4: come down here and you're going to get us out of here, okay? You're, okay. Listen, you need to hurry up or we're going to use my cousin's call to call somebody else. You don't want him to make that call. You do not want that call to be made.
0: Okay. I think, yeah.
4: Because if you think I hold you responsible, you have no idea how seriously responsible my cousin's friends are going to hold you.
0: I'll be down there right away. All
4: right. I'm hanging up.
0: So they had him arrested. The DEA guy didn't just arrest Pete, but they also arrested his cousin. I didn't realize his cousin was John McDonald, this really well-known Canadian foosball champion who's down here for the foosball tournament at used Foosball Tables. And that guy, you can hear on the phone call, that guy's furious at me. And let me tell you something. If there's anyone you don't want mad at you, it's one of these foosball guys. These guys will break your legs for serving the foosball the wrong way. I know of at least three guys right here in the Rancho Equestrian District who've had their thumbs broken for not taking foosball seriously when they walk through the door in that place. I know this one guy, Fred Machias, who lives a couple blocks up the street. He went in there and asked them if they also sold darts, and someone kicked him in the chest with a steel-toed boot for asking if they sold darts. So I was panicking about that, but also just about getting Pete out of jail. I mean, every day that goes by, I don't figure out who's doing this thing with my garbage can. Pete's life gets considerably worse. I mean, honestly, all of our lives get worse. And so now I got to come up with $6,000 bail money to get them out, which I don't have. So I figured I need to transfer some money out of my savings into the checking account to pay this bail bondsman. So I tried to transfer the money online and I couldn't do it. So I gave Riverside Bank a call to see if they could help me. And I mean, well, let me just play the phone call for you. Here's what happened. Riverside Bank. This is Greg. Hi. Yeah, I'm trying to transfer some money from my savings into my checking. I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. What you, I didn't get your name. Oh, sorry. My name, my name is Doug Dugay. Wait a second. Is this
2: Doug Doug? This is it's Greg.
0: Oh, from across on Beechwood.
2: Yeah, I live up. Uh, I live up the street. Okay, so how can I help you today?
0: So I need to transfer five thousand dollars from my checking into my savings account.
2: Okay. Um, I'm looking at your numbers here. I don't. Know
0: that I would advise it. Um, yeah, I'm just
2: going to give you some advice here. Do you really uh, need this money?
0: I'm well, honestly, I have to get this money for a bail bondsman. A friend of mine needs yeah. to get bailed out. Is this a close friend? A close friend? I'm sorry. What you mean? The in that needs the bail? Yeah. I don't know if I if this is something that I should that this is really an appropriate conversation right now. I mean, I sorry,
2: I disagree. To- you're a, you're a client of mine, and also we're neighbors. So I think it kind of is my business that way. You know, you are a customer of Riverside Bank, and our our motto is, you know, Riverside Bank, where everything is personal. Right. Okay. Well, so I, I just okay, think, you know, enough. how well do you know this
0: person? I know him pretty well. I mean, this, this guy Pete who cleans our pool.
2: Pete, wait, Pete Lesniak, the pool guy.
0: Yeah, I am yeah. talking about Pete.
2: Yeah, I know. I know Pete. Oh. Because he he cleans our pool. Oh. What is the problem here? What is he doing? What what happened?
0: Um. Well, he didn't really do anything wrong, actually. Yeah, so I, I just you see why I'm concerned, because he
2: uh, gets into our actual backyard where our pool
0: and is. And you shouldn't be concerned, so, because like, he's nothing wrong with, he's a great guy. He's a great guy that you're bailing out of jail. Well, I'm j- so just a, 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 let me just start from the beginning. Someone's using our garbage can as a drug drop, and I thought some he was doing because he takes our garbage out for he us. He
2: takes our garbage out, too. Is he doing that with our Did he say that he was doing that with our garbage? No,
0: he's not doing that with anyone's garbage. It was a complete misunderstanding. I, I really appreciate
2: you giving me this tip on Pete.
0: because. Well, I, I'm, I'm not so trying to give you a tip already. on Pete. Whether it's a misunderstanding or not, uh, it's a red flag for me, and so it's going to be a no on Pete because uh, I say no oh, to okay. drugs, mm-hmm. and I also say no to... Drama, frankly, Joe. Um, I'm definitely going to tell him I will no longer be needing his services. because You don't need to so Okay. I mean, this is like Greg, are you hearing me? He didn't do anything. Doug, yeah. I'm
2: trying to help you. I'm trying to help you.
0: I understand that. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to snap. I'm a little on edge. Anyway, I'm sorry. But, yeah, no, I would I like understand. to. I tra- And you're low, you're low in savings.
2: I understand. Okay. Well, uh, it's a joint account
0: with Faye. Right. Who is Faye? Faye is my wife.
2: So you're going to need her approval to uh, make this
0: transaction. So there's no way to, to do this without getting her on the phone? Absolutely not. Okay. All right. Thanks for your help, Greg. Thank you. So obviously that backfired. You know, just trying to get some money into my checking so I can get this bail. And, you know, and this is kind of my main beef with this bank is their motto is, Riverside Bank where everything is personal which you know you figure that means that they want to have a relationship with you and they want to help you with financial issues in a personal way but what you're going to ask me if I have a personal relationship or how well I know a guy I'm trying to bail out I don't even know how we got to I'm bailing someone out of jail you know they kind of cast a spell on you at this place and you end up talking about personal stuff whenever you go in there and on these phone calls sometimes sometimes I walk out of there and i feel like was I just in some weird hypnotherapy session and Greg, I don't really know him that well. He lives across the street, but I guess he worked at Riverside Bank and he starts doing that Riverside thing where he's asking you personal questions and you feel like, you know, how about you get your hand out of my pants and we just talk about business, which is why I called you in the first place. But I guess my point is, Faye and I had set up this joint account where I guess we both need to approve any kind of big transfer from the savings into the checking, but I haven't been able to get a hold of her because she's still up at her dad Chuck's house. I don't know if you remember, but she got out of the car on the freeway a while back. She got mad that I didn't fire Pete and she got out of the car and climbed this fence. And I thought she just went to a Taco Bell or something, but apparently Chuck went and picked her up and brought her back to his house. And she's wanted to come home, you know, after she cooled off, but... Chuck keeps insisting this really expensive electric gate he's got won't open. He's got this sprawling estate up in Ohio, and he's got this $17,000, dollars electric gate that apparently is broken and needs to be fixed by some guy named Steve. But I decided I was going to have to talk to Faye to transfer this money to bail Pete out, so my plan was to drive up there and talk to Faye. The gate's going to open. Obviously, it's not so broken that it won't open at all. So I drove up there to talk to Faye and I recorded the whole thing. And I'll play that for you right after this promotion. You know, most banks really just are all business. You go in, you say, I want to get some money out or I you know, want to move some stuff around or whatever else you do at a bank. I need a loan for something. And they go, OK, here you go. I don't know what your name is and I hope I never see you again. At least that's how it feels when you go in there. But the thing about Riverside Bank is these people know you. And if they don't know you, they're going to get to know you because at Riverside Bank, everything is personal. Let me tell you something. I know the names of every teller there, Greg, Wanda, and Mickey, three of them. There's three tellers. One of them's there every time you go in, and they're always ready to help. The lines aren't long, and they all know you. You know, you walk in, and they go, hey, how you doing? Uh, What's going on with the thing we were talking about last time you were in here? And they'll remember what it was. They know your family members' names. They know your dreams, whether they're new dreams or they're old ones that never happened and faded. And like a real friend, they're not afraid to give you advice on your life. When's the last time you went to the bank and someone gave you their personal opinion on the way you live your life? Or said something real like, you know what, I don't think that's a good shirt on you. Or, hey, I hope you and your mom are getting along better. Because last time you were in here, it looked like you guys weren't really making things work. That might sound like a boundary issue to some people, but to a lot of people in the Rancho Equestrian District, it's just nice to know that people know you. And that they care enough to tell you something you might not be ready to hear. Riverside Bank, where everything is personal. Stop in sometime and check it out.
1: trunk full of money and a gun in the backseat loaded and ready, and the fuzz pulled up, said give us back the bread, what were you thinking Joe, this is what he said, he said, Riverside Bank, it's a personal thing, no matter what kind of personal stuff you bring, Riverside Bank, it's a beautiful day. A personal way Joe tried to run headed for the bridge Fuzz chased him down Joe drove off the edge Joe tried to swim as the money floated away as he vanished into darkness everyone heard him say Riverside Bank it's a personal thing no matter what kind of personal stuff you bring Riverside Bank
0: all right, and that's Cephalopods of People who did that song for Riverside Bank. And that's actually a real story. Back in the late 70s, there was a teller who robbed his own bank. He worked at Riverside Bank for about three weeks, and then he robbed the place. And the cops chased him all the way up north to the Healdsburg area. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but there's a river up there. And he drove right off this little bridge into the water. Money went everywhere and Joe floated away into the darkness and they never found him. They never found Joe. A lot of people think he still lives in the Burbank area and he just changed his identity and did a little bit of plastic surgery on himself. But no one really knows what happened to him. Amazing story. Stole nearly $2 million, completely got away with it. Unless he drowned in that water and they never found his body. I mean, we we just really don't know. Anyway, like I was saying, I had to drive up to my father-in-law Chuck's house to talk to my wife about transferring this money out of our savings account into the checking account so I could bail my pool guy Pete out of jail. So I drove up there in order to talk to her about it. She hadn't been answering her phone, and I didn't know if the phone had been dead or what the deal was. And like I said, Chuck keeps insisting his gate will not open, so an Uber can't get in or out, he can't get out. So it's like Chuck kidnapped my wife or something. You know, I can't talk to her on the phone, and I can't see her because he says this gate won't open. So I drove about an hour and a half up to Ohio in this sprawling Ohio estate he's got. And at this point, it had been about four and a half hours since Pete called me from jail with his cousin needing to get bailed out. So I really felt pressed for time. I drove up there as fast as I could, and I got to Chuck's gate. And anyway, here's what happened. All right, I'm at the gate right now. I'm just going to buzz him.
3: Order anything. Chuck, no, 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 we didn't. We, there's no delivery. Uh...
0: Chuck, it's Doug. Can you open the gate, please?
3: Oh, Doug! Oh, I'm sorry. You look like an Amazon delivery guy. You know what
2: I mean? Listen,
0: can you just open the gate, please? I
3: can't open the gate. The gate is immovable, present.
0: Chuck, can you just put Faye on, please?
3: She's indisposed right now. So
0: if you don't open this thing, I'm going to climb this fence.
3: Well, go ahead. Do me a small favor. Uh, just turn off your car before you try to scale the gate because you're going to die of electrocution and I don't want to have to come down there and turn off your car.
0: Okay, so you're saying this is an electric fence? Yes. Chuck, I think we both know it's not an electric fence. Well,
2: I guess that's a crap shoot that you got to take, huh? Okay,
0: I'm climbing. Doug, I believe I told you it was electric five seconds
3: ago, but you don't
0: listen because you're <sighs> incapable of helping yourself. All right. I'll take that remark. That hurt.
4: Doug? Honey, is that you? Or what's happening?
0: Hey, hon. uh, Second, I got electrocuted.
3: Don't antagonize my husband over the intercom. Let him in. I'm
2: not
0: antagonizing him.
3: He's the one outside of my gate. He is trying to breach my gate.
0: Doug? I've been trying to call you. Pete is in jail and it's kind of my fault. i got to bail him out. What? i got to transfer money from our savings into the Classic. checking account. Bail
2: him out? Well... You want to bail out our pool
3: guy? Bail, with our savings? Of course.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I... How are we here? He got me Ambien illegally, kind of. I didn't ask him to, but he did, and then I felt like I, I, mean, I had to take it. I mean,
3: the web of lies only becomes more Can't obese. Stop.
0: I thought... Peach wife Candace took Faye's Ambien and then it turned out I was wrong, but she then took Candace my was mad. Ambien. No, I'm saying she didn't take your Ambien. I thought she took it and then So
3: this is this must be upwards of your seventeenth drug deal with this
0: guy. Well, Chuck, it wasn't a drug deal. I mean, well I guess technically it was a drug deal, but how
4: much is it? How much is the bail? No, give me a number. It's
0: five thousand dollars. Well it's six thousand dollars, but I have a thousand dollars. Ten
3: percent of his bail is five grand? That's $50,000 bail. That's no small thing.
0: Well, I mean, it's a controlled substance, so.
3: 50 grand bail is, murderers. Chuck. Murderers get that
0: kind oh, of bail. Honestly, it's not just for him. It's for his cousin what? is also when oh, they with cousin. him, so I have to bail well, him out, too.
3: you know what? Finally, you just tell me something that makes sense. You're officially a
0: idiot. Chuck, Chuck, OK, I get the point. You know
3: what? A- good idea for that five grand is instead of handing it over to a bail bondsman, you might want to keep your five grand to retain a divorce lawyer. Because I assure you I'm going to have a monster on her side. A Dershowitzian monster. Dad. I don't know if you've ever jumped into a wood chipper, but it hurts. This man will rip your flawed arguments to pieces. I mean, they might even execute you. After this trial, it will be the first divorce case that ends in execution of the husband.
0: Chuck, I'm sorry. I was just trying to help somebody who's trying to help me. So. Fine.
2: I'll call the bank and I'll transfer the money. Then we'll post Pete's bail. But you and I need to have a private conversation about the
3: fact that you need therapy. Um, well, <laughs> I'm kind of at a loss here because... Can you please... When are you going to stop enabling? I'm not enabling anybody. I'm helping my I think I know what it feels like to jump on a grenade now. You know who the grenade
0: is? I think I do, Chuck. You're the grenade. That's... Yeah, that's what I was going to guess. You're the
3: grenade that is blowing up my family. You're a bad husband from brick one to the full house.
0: Well, Chuck... Thanks for getting on the intercom.
3: Tell my grandson in the creepy glasses to stay out of pornography. And then I said, hi, hopefully the gate will be fixed soon. And we can finally get the family back together. Minus one. You, you are the minus one.
0: Thanks for clarifying that Chuck.
3: I'm clicking off now, Doug.
0: All right. So you heard that and I wasn't able to get through the gate, obviously, but Faye called Greg at the bank and transferred for the money. So I'll be bailing out Pete and his cousin this evening. It's a big chunk of money, but I think it's worth it. I don't want them to sit in jail over this. I don't know if you heard this part of the conversation, but one of the agreements I made with Faye over the intercom was that she wants me to go to therapy because of my whole involvement in this, which honestly is a bigger payment than this $6,000 because it's really the last thing I want to do. But if she, if it's going to make her feel better and make her feel like she wants to come back home, then you know, obviously I'm going to do it. I'm not sure if she means therapy for couples or therapy for just me, but I'm going to be looking for someone in Burbank uh, to just talk through some of this stuff. And I'll get more into that next time. Obviously I'll be recording any sessions that I go to. So you'll hear those. And man, this has been a harrowing journey for Pete. He's been sitting in that jail cell for about eight and a half hours now. I just stopped in here real quick to finish up this podcast and get it out. So I got to rush over there and get him out of there before, you know, his wife Candace starts wondering what happened. I understand he doesn't want her to find out. So we're going to try to keep that under wraps as best we can. This podcast is brought to you by Jen Robinson's Little Sweaters. Go to the Patreon page if you want to check out some of those little sweaters that she's got on the dolls. Are those dolls looking weird to you? I mean, I, if you're going to put a sweater on, should you also put pants on it? But let me know what you think. And If you don't want to join the Patreon, it's $2 a month, which helps keep the podcast going. But if you don't want to join that, you can always just email me at valleyheatpodcast at hotmail.com and tell me why you don't want to pay $2 a month. And I'll tell you why you don't want to do it right now, because in five, six months from now, you're going to look at your bill and go $2 a month for what? I don't even know what that is. And I do that with that Stars Network on cable all the time. You know, I pay for Stars and I'm like, why am I paying four ninety nine for Stars? And I go, I don't even know what Stars is. I turn it on and it's always that movie with Ed Harris in it where he goes deep under the ocean. The whole movie is just Ed Harris upset and they're deep, deep in the water and there's a monster somewhere. I mean, I love Ed Harris, but that's a bad movie. And it's the only movie they show on Stars Network. So there you go. That's a good reason. Don't join the Patreon, you know, because I don't want to be your Stars Network. But if you like the show, I don't know, you might think about it. But if you want me to just send you the pictures, you can email me at valleyheapodcast at hotmail.com. I'll send you this picture of these dolls. You tell me what you think. But I will do this if you're one of the first two or the last two people to join the Patreon between this podcast and the next one, You'll get a free Jan Robinson t-shirt or Valley Heat t-shirt of your choice. You get to pick it out on the Threadless thing. You can go there and buy a shirt too at Threadless, the Valley Heat Threadless store. This podcast was also brought to you by Riverside Bank. Riverside Bank, where you walk in to transfer money or deposit some money, and you walk out wondering if you've made even one reasonably good choice in your life. All right, that's it for this episode of Valley Heat. Happy Thanksgiving several days after Thanksgiving. Oh, and I'll send you off with a cephalopods or people song that Randy and his brothers did for Dean Fernari and you can call me Doctor.com. You can call me Doctor. All right, take it easy. You
1: can finally call me Doctor. You can finally that did bleed into the river that night We were married by a preacher with a bottle and a gun In the San Francisco breeze and the San Francisco sun And we built a house on dreams and made a fire and pet our dog and sang a song And now Doctors. Cameron's in a...